That's the first slide I want. Yes, children are now dismissed to go downstairs to Children's Church. Apologize for that. Um, for, I, I want to thank Mike for taking the time to take the prayer requests and, and make the prayer. It's uh, some stumbles there for Mike, but uh, I'm telling you, if it was I had to do that, it would be a lot worse. We'd still be trudging along. So thank you, Mike, for that, and uh, appreciate your, your work. Uh, as uh, the slide says, we have a new series that I started uh, back in August, and it's uh, to continue the edu edification of the church and the building up of us as a corporate body. So uh, that's the study. We'll get into it shortly, but for, first let's uh, make sure we're in fellowship and uh, prepare our hearts. Uh, give you a few moments for silent prayer. You can confess your sins to the Lord, and then I will open in prayer. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning as we have gathered together to, to worship you, as Mike mentioned earlier, in spirit and in truth. That is what you seek, that is what you desire, and that is what you deserve, Father. You are the creator of all things. We love you, and we praise you for our eternal, so great salvation that we have because of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. Father, as we seek to do your will, to become more Christ-like in our uh, daily walk with you. Father, we would just pray that you will bless this time and that we will focus on what is being taught so that we can grow and mature as believers in Christ to make disciples and to do the work, the good works that you have prepared in advance that we would walk in. So, Father, bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, now, we uh, started last, well, last month. And for those of you who haven't uh, Seeing those, those lessons, uh, I'm going to do a, a quick review of where we uh, have gotten. Last time I was up here on a Sunday, we were uh, concluding the book of Joshua, and so now we are on to something new, something, a challenge for me. It's, this is not a book study, it's a more topical study. So let's begin. So, and this is not the name of what we're going to do, how to love another one. It's, that's not what we're teaching, and uh, especially for you married people. It's how to love one another. How to love one another. And we're going to do that as we study the Greek pronoun, alelon. And we've already covered the uses in Romans, Corinthians, and Galatians. So I'm going to summarize that for those who haven't been following this series. And the purpose, as I said, is to edify each of us as a corporate church and to grow in, in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ as our Savior. So I just want to give you some stats for those who may not have missed the first couple lessons, but this is the occurrences of, uh, of the Greek uh, word alelon in, in, the, in the New Testament. It's used a hundred times, and I don't know if you can see, it's kind of small print, but, but by book, Romans has the, the most. Uh, it occurs 34 times in the Gospels, uh, Book of Acts eight times, 56 times in the Epistles, but not all the Epistles. And uh, twice in Revelation. And this is the occurrence by epistle. Uh, occurs most frequently, as I mentioned, in Romans, 14 times. Uh, but it is absent from six books, First and Second Timothy, Philemon, Second Peter, Third John, and the book of Jude. And those 
there's a purpose for that because they weren't written, they were written for other subjects. Okay. And now this is the grammatical breakdown that I provided. It's, it's, it's a masculine 95% of the time in the New Testament is never feminine. Uh, by number, it's always plural. It's never singular. It's a reciprocal pronoun is what grammarians call it, which always indicates an interchange between two or more groups. So like I said, it's never singular. And by, uh, by the case in the Greek, it's accusative or mostly considered the direct object of the main verb. 67% uh, of the time. It's never the subject of a sentence or a verse in the New Testament. Never uh, in the nominative case. Alright, so that's a little bit of uh, grammatical, statistical data. Uh, and this is a summary verse I, I wanted to use for the series. It is John 15, 12. It's part of the Upper Room Discourse. And this, as Jesus said, he told his disciples, this is my commandment that you love one another, just as I have loved you. And loved, uh, the first time it's for us that you love one another, that's a, a present active subjunctive in the Greek. You may, you may do it, you may not. But when Jesus says, I have loved you, love is an aorist active indicative. He did love his disciples. And there's no doubt that he did. But for us, we may or may not choose to love one another. That's on our, that's on our, uh, that's what we have to do. Okay, there we go. Just as I have loved you. Love is defined. Jesus defines it in the next verse when he says, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. And he hadn't done that at this point, but he was preparing to do just that. In fact, it was hours away when he was going to go to the cross for all of us to pay for our sins. That is how Jesus loved us. And how can we do that? Well, we in our own strength and our own human weakness and our sinful condition, we can't always reach that level of love. But we are enabled. Philippians 4.13 tells us, I can do all things through Christ, Him, Christ, who strengthens me. So we have the power, we have the ability to love one another as Christ loved us. We just need to ask. We need to ask that God will give us the capacity and the power to love one another. And He will. If we ask, He will. But do, do you ask? Do you ask God for these things? Can I, Father, give me the strength to love this person that I'm not naturally drawn to? Do you want to love the unlovable? Ask yourself that. God loves them, and we're called to love them also. All right, so Romans 1.12 is the first occurrence in the epistle of Alelon, and it's in the dative case because it's the object of the preposition in this case uh, oops and so I'm going to go through these uh, each verse that we've covered so far and it'll be pretty quick uh, if, you, if you want more depth uh, go back watch the videos of these lessons but for time's sake we're going to go through them all that I've covered so far 
Uh, Romans 1.12, that is, that I may be encouraged, this is Paul writing, while among you, through this faith in one another, yours and also mine. So we're encouraged by hearing of others' faith, as Paul is here. And this faith, uh, it's defined in Romans 1.8. Let me just read that real quick. If you want to follow along, you can follow Romans 1.8. Paul writes, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, because your faith is being proclaimed throughout the whole world. So he could take uh, comfort and encouragement because he had heard of the faith of the Romans. Okay. Second time, Romans one twenty-seven, and if you know Romans, chapter 1 is Paul's condemnation of, of, of mankind. And here he says, And in the same way also the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another. This is a negative that we're not supposed to do. How we're not supposed to treat one another. And the second half of the verse, which I don't have up there, it talks about the law. And, and what the law does, it, it, it entices us, it tempts us to sin. As we read in Genesis, when God gave a command, it was kind of like Eve's desire was kindled and she ate the fruit, bringing sin into the world and giving some to Adam, and who also partakes or took of the fruit. So, Romans 2.15, the second half of that verse is talking about uh, Paul's talking about the Jewish people who had thought that just because they received the law that they were going to be saved. So that was just, just because of that. But while the Gentiles were the ones, in many cases, doing the law's requirements. And you look, go back to verse 13 in, in, Genesis, in Romans 2 and you see what he's talking about. So the question is, how are your thoughts? How are your thoughts? Our consciences are going between one another. Going from accusing to defending us in what we do, in what we think. So how are your thoughts? Are they accusing you? Or are they defending you? See, in order to serve God, we need to have a clean conscience. I didn't say pure, because we still have a sin nature, but we need, it needs to be clean, which is why we have 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So one another here is talking about our thoughts. Are they in line with what the Bible teaches? Moving on to Romans 12.5. We read, In this way, we who are many are one body in Christ and each members of one another. So Paul wants to emphasize unity here among all the members of the church at Rome, but that broader picture is each church. We have a great diversity of individuals in this congregation, in this church family. We need to be uh, considerate of one another, but treating each, each member as equally in the body, because we are forming one corporate entity, Preston City Bible Church. 
Now, yesterday at the men's huddle, Lou Sansone uh, gave his testimony, which was very uh, encouraging. But he mentioned how he grew up in, in Brooklyn, New York, as a misfit. So my question for each one of you today, how do you fit in here at Preston City Bible Church? Do you know where you fit in? Do you want to know? <laughs> Maybe that's a better question. Do you even want to know how to fit in here? Why? So you can help us as a corporate group do the work that God has in front of us. And if we pray about that, if we are eager to do what God wants to do, he will provide all the resources and more to do just that. So for the body to function as it is designed, as God has designed it, it requires each member to do their part. And, and I urge each one of you to you know, stand up, do your part, to find out where you fit in and, and do what God wants you to do. Not what I want, not what the deacons want or the pastor, but what God wants you to do. And encouraging, exhorting, comforting one another can go a long way to helping us do that cheerfully. And that's going to help us use our spiritual gifts that God has given us and strengthen the body of Christ. So very, very key verse here, Romans 1, 12, 5. Next we have... Oops. Romans 12.10 is next. And we read there, In brotherly love to one another, be tenderly loving in honor to one another. Oh, let me restate that. In honor to one another, be the first. And what we're looking at here is... If I can get it here. You might recognize that second word in the Greek, Philadelphia. That's the Greek word for brotherly love. So to one another, we need to be tenderly loving. That is how we love one another, in a brotherly, tender way. And then we need to, honor, when it comes to honoring one another, don't wait for that other person. Do it yourself. Be the first to honor the other person. Be the first. And that is a great way to uh, continue to build up the body here at Preston City Bible Church. If you are being proactive, being the first to go in and help and love one another, honoring one another. Romans 12, 16. It says, be of the same thinking toward one another. Again, unity of thought. Do not be arrogant thinking, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. So be, be of the same thinking toward one another. I mean, we're, we're all sinners saved by grace. We don't need to be 
thinking that I'm better than this person or that person's better than me. No, we're all supposed to be thinking the same towards one another. Romans 13.8 Oh, no one nothing the Greek uses double negatives a lot except to one another love for he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. So the, the point is the only thing we, should, we owe anybody is to love them. That's the only thing we need to, to consider that we have a debt of. We don't have debts to others for other things. We have one debt, which is to love that other person. Romans 13.8. Next, Romans 14.13. Uh, we're doing all these occurrences Alelon one at a time, but here we have it uh, in Romans 14, 13. Therefore, no longer let us judge one another, but rather this judge, to not put a stumbling block in a brother's way. Now, when I went through this back in August, uh, really, it's it's not judging in a, in a critical or a, or a antagonistic way, but you're supposed to judge. You are supposed to judge, but here, don't put a stumbling block before anyone in the church. Don't do it. Because that's not going to help you and it's going to hinder them in their service of Christ. Alright, so this is uh, just, just common sense. Do not put a stumbling block before another person. 1419 so then, the things of peace we pursue and the things building up for one another. That's what we're doing. We're, we're pursuing peace as much as we can. Are we going to have peace in this life, in this world? Probably not. We are in a war, a spiritual battle, and we're not going to probably have much peace, but within our own group, we can have peace, and we can use that to build up one another. It's hard to build up other people when there's contention, disputes and those types of uh, emotional things going on, but that's why peace is so important. And the peace of Christ will uh, supersede all that uh, those worldly cares that we have. We pursue peace and the building up of one another. Romans 15.5, one of my favorites in so far in the study. Now may the God of perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind in one another according to Christ Jesus. So this is, as I mentioned uh, when I taught it, this is, this is a Greek optative mood. It's a, a mood of, of wishful desire or uh, what Paul wants to happen. It may not happen, but he wants God to grant you to be of the same mind in one another. So again, ask God. If you're having problems with somebody, take it to the Lord. Take it to the Lord so that He can deal with it and you can just go on loving the other person because uh, you will be more effective and so will that other person if you are loving one another and at peace with them, not antagonistic to them. Romans 15, 7. Here we read, Therefore accept one another, 
And that's kind of common sense, right? Accept one another, just as Christ also accepted you to the glory of God. So when we accept someone else who may have wronged us in the past, may have hurt us, that's what Jesus did for us. We were antagonistic. We were rebellious against God. And yet, he took us and loved us enough to go to the cross. So, that's how we should be do- treating one another. And that's what this series is, is about. Helping us to, to understand what God wants for us and then doing it. Accept one another. Just as Christ also accepted you. Romans fifteen fourteen. And I myself also am convinced, my brethren, concerning you, that you are also, also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able to admonish one another. Now that's not easy, to admonish another believer, another person that you care about. But if you do care about them, and you see them erring, straying, going off, away from God, then it's time to step up, to admonish, to admonish one another, and not uh, in a lord lorded over them way, but also but in love, and that's what we're about as believers. We are to demonstrate God's love, and and it can be done. We can admonish people when they're straying, going going off course. You can, in love, point things out to them that maybe they have forgotten about, have blinded themselves to, but this is an important part of our uh, function in the church, is to admonish one another as needed, because it's going to benefit not just you, not just them, but the entire body of Christ and the church. So, admonish one another when you're aware, when you have opportunity, and you feel it's necessary, and also take it to the Lord. How do I do this? How do I, t- how do I admonish somebody that may not be willing to accept your, uh, your challenge to them? Let, let God handle that. Do your job. Do your job. Admonish as you have chan- the opportunity and, the, and it's required. It's a command to admonish one another. And Romans 16, 16, we talked about this. It's not the first incident, but greet one another with a holy kiss, and I pointed out and uh, that this is an aorist tense, meaning it's just a one-time completed action thing, it's not a present tense, continuously kissing one another, that's not it. It's a one-shot deal. Now this verse, Paul repeats this uh, four times, so uh, it's important how we greet one another, and we should be greeting one another, and we should be happy to see each other. We should be happy to see one another as we come to church every, every Sunday, every Wednesday, uh, and other uh, events where we gather together as a group. I know I do. I, I love seeing everybody and being part of this church family, and I hope you all feel the same way. But it's important that we do that, that we greet one another, and we don't ostracize or ignore people uh, that we may not always be on best terms with or we don't know well. Well, get to know them better. And I'm guilty of that, not doing that. And uh, call me out on it. If you're new and you want to more talk more, I, I'd love to get to know each and every one of you. Unfortunately, the time constraints of uh, uh, of our meeting on Sundays kind of 
limits our, our chances, but does, that's no excuse. We can still contact one another, get to know one another. And I urge you to do, because it's a blessing to know fellow believers and to have them in your life. All right. So that, that was the last verse of uh, Lalone in, in, in the letter to the Romans. So we're going to move on now to uh, 1 Corinthians. And in 1 Corinthians 7.5, this is a challenging one. Paul writes, Do not deprive one another except by agreement for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer and come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because you lack self-control. And for those of you who know 1 Corinthians 7, this is a passage where a context where he's talking about marriage uh, between a husband and wife. So it doesn't completely uh, apply to everyone. But... I think as I, as I taught this a couple weeks ago, and I urge you to go back and look at that if you have questions about uh, husbands and wives, but I think the one thing here is, for, for in a general sense, don't, if you have resources, if you have the ability, don't deprive somebody of that. If you have a chance to share, do it. If you have a chance to give somebody something or do something for somebody, yeah, do it. Don't deprive them if you have the ability to provide. Because God, you know, God does it when he, he provides for us, not everything, because we don't know what his plan is for us all the time. But as we have opportunity within the church family, let's not deprive each other. If, we need, if somebody needs something and asks you for something, let's make every attempt to, to, to provide that for them. Very challenging passage, but I'm just looking at it as in a general sense of not depriving one another. 1 Corinthians 11.33 So then, my brothers, and we've heard this, Pastor Dave teaches this when we uh, every month have communion, when you are coming together to eat, wait for one another. This is a a specific instruction for the Lord's Prayer, but I think it can apply to many things in our lives when, when we are impatient and we want to get there, we want to get something done, but to wait for one another, not to uh, cut them off, not to shut them down, so to speak, but to wait for one another. I mean, there's so many challenges to, uh, to doing that. I understand that. There's, we live busy lives. We have a lot of things we want to do. We don't have time, many instances, to do them all. But uh, patience is one aspect of the fruit of the Spirit. So we have to have patience. And that means, in this sense, it was mean that not eating before everyone got there. But in our day-to-day lives, wait for one another. And wait upon the Lord. I mean, I think that's great advice, too, is to wait on the Lord. But in this study we're looking at how we can build up one another in the church and many times we want to wait for one another before we uh, take off leave early go on to the next thing wait for one another maybe they have something to add something to they, they want to bring up a need perhaps so wait for one another because I think that will definitely strengthen your relationship with each other as you as you do that very good, very good practical teaching. First Corinthians twelve twenty five. 
so that there may be no division in the body. And in this chapter 12 of uh, 1 Corinthians, Paul's talking about the distribution of spiritual gifts to each believer uh, by the Holy Spirit. And it's his call, not ours, but so that there may be no division in the body, but the members may have the same concern for one another. That's why we are all different. We're not all the same. We all have different spiritual gifts that God has given us. No one gift is above the other. They're all needed. They're all required. And each one of you is necessary. God brought you here to this church for a purpose. And as I said before, find out what that is, but then use it. And don't be thinking that uh, whatever you do is more important than what anyone else does. It's all necessary. It's all necessary for this church to function as God wants it to function and that we can complete the work that he has for us. All right, 1 Corinthians 16.20. Again, it's the holy kiss aspect. That's the last uh, occurrence in uh, 1 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians only has one, and guess what? It's the same one. Greet one another with a holy kiss. So we are being told repeatedly to do this. This is something we need. As a church, we can do better on this. We can greet each other more warmly, more lovingly, more caring uh, toward each other, showing more emotional uh, love for that person as you come up to them. And it's not easy. Some of us aren't uh, built that way, but we are commanded. Uh, greet in the Greek is, is a, an imperative. It's a command. We are to do this. Greet one another. And then he has all the saints greet you, or all the, the brethren greet you. So uh, it is a repeated command in the scriptures. And Paul does it four times, and Peter has something similar to say. We'll get to that when we get to Peter's letters. Okay. Moving on to Galatians. Galatians 5.13. Here we read, For to you freedom were called, brethren. Oh, for you to freedom were called, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Now this is going to get tough. Serving one another. But we're to do it through love, it says. Through love serve. And another command. Serve one another. How can you serve? Well, we have multiple sign-ups, sign-up sheets downstairs. Uh, you can always contact the pastor or the, one of the deacons. We can help you maybe find a fit that's good for you, that works for you. But have that attitude. Serve. As, as the scriptures say, Jesus said he came not to be served, but to serve. And that should be our model that we need to serve. That's part of our spiritual life. All right, Galatians 5.15. A couple verses down. But if one another you bite and you devour, see to it that by one another you are not consumed or destroyed. So here we have Halelon uh, twice. Uh, one that's talking about you, one that's talking about another person. And what we want to remember here is if you are doing these things, you're biting, you're devouring, and that's a metaphorical way, not literally way to <laughs> But if you are hurting others, well, guess what? You better be paying attention that you don't uh, get bitten or you don't get devoured. Uh, and, and when I taught this, I was reminded of the passage in 
in Genesis where Jacob is returning uh, to see his brother Esau, and Esau uh, is told, he's told Esau is coming out to meet him with 400 men. And he was very nervous, very, uh, you know, very upset about his brother coming with 400 men, thinking that, hey, I cheated this guy, I treated him horribly before I moved away, he's going to get his, his revenge. And, and see, he didn't have to do it. If he had been treating Esau with love, with kindness, he wouldn't have had to worry about that. He wouldn't have had to spend, be awake all night, you know, go out in front of his family to uh, protect them if necessary. He wouldn't have had to do any of that if, if he had been treating his brother in a loving, kind way. But he didn't. And sometimes we don't. We, we can be brutal and, and mean to others and that's not what we're, we're called to do. We're called to be loving, kind, compassionate, all those things. And that way we don't have to worry about somebody's going to try to take, take us down or to get a pound of our flesh because we did something to them. So that's, that's this verse here in a nutshell uh, to not do these things because you are going to be concerned, you'll be stressed out, and that's not that's going to hinder your ministry, your relationship with the Lord if you're not, or if you are doing these things, you're not kind and loving. Galatians 5.17, another couple of verses down. It says, and this is talking about our flesh, the battle we have within each of us. For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you want. Those things against the flesh, or for the, that the flesh desires, are against those things that the Spirit wants, that God wants us to do. So many times we succumb to the temptation that's presented to us and indulge our flesh. When the, the, the best thing to do is, would be to forsake the flesh, continue to walk by the Spirit, and see what God wants in that situation. But these things are against one another. There's a battle. We're in a battle, but there's also a battle within us. If we let it happen, if we, if we stop walking by the Spirit, we're going to be walking by the flesh and be open to doing the things that we're, we shouldn't be doing, that God doesn't want us to do. Galatians 5.26, here we read, Let us not become boastful, one another provoking, one another envying. Arrogance is terrible uh, quality to have uh, because we're all dust. We're all sinful, broken human beings. We're not better than anybody. But if we think we are, then we're going to, by our actions, by our words, we're going to be provoking others. And if we're, if we're thinking someone's better than us, we're going to be envying one another. And that is not going to be helpful for the spiritual growth of anyone. So don't become boastful. I mean, I think of uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter 4 where he says, Is this not Babylon the Great which I have made for the glory of my majesty? And then that's when God puts, drops a hammer on him and he's sort of cast out into a field like a wild beast. 
for, uh, I think it was a period of seven years. But his arrogance was demonstrated then. And God warned him, and Dan, through Daniel, that uh, his, his arrogance was going to be his downfall. He was restored later because he recognized that uh, there's one true God. So he was restored, but he had to go through a terrible time of suffering. So the advice is not to become boastful or arrogant. We're all in the same uh, boat. And Galatians 6.2 is, is the last uh, verse that we've gone through so far in depth. And here we read, and you is the subject, you plural. Bear the burdens of one another and thus fulfill the law of Christ. That is, in a, that sums it up. Bear the burdens of one another. Now, when I taught this a couple weeks ago, uh, you may think that, well, hey, as a believer, we're supposed to put all our burdens on Christ. Let him care for us because, you know, put our cares on him because he cares for us. But that is not what, uh, we can still bear the burdens of one another. In fact, Christ may use you to take up some of the load on someone else. So be ready. Again, if you have the opportunity to share a load that somebody's going through something terrible and you can help, by all means do it because you are fulfilling the law of Christ. So that is the last verse of that we've gone through so far through Galatians, where all alone is is used. So, what are some of the lessons for us? And I kind of tried to group these into uh, the ones that we've done so far, and I haven't gone through them all yet. And if I had time to do it, I probably would have done this study a little bit different. But I haven't gone through them all yet. But the ones I have gone through, from Romans to uh, Galatians, here's some of the, the things I, I, I picked out. And I hope you can uh, think about them and apply them in your life. One is to be proactive toward other believers. And that's, we do that by offering encouragement, that's Romans 1.12, building others up, Romans 14.19, serving, Galatians 5.13, and bearing the burdens of others, Galatians 6.2. So be proactive towards other believers. Don't wait for them to serve you or to, to help you. You'll be the one to do it first. Things not to do. There are things not to do that we've gone through. And what is it? Don't give in to your lusts. Romans 1.27, don't judge others, 14.13. Refuse, don't refuse to admonish. Do admonish when you think it's necessary. Don't deprive one another. Do not hurt one another. Do not provoke and envy one another. Number three, strive for unity with other believers. That's a big... Uh, one of the big themes of, of his Paul, Paul using uh, Halelon in his, in his letters, strive for unity in the body of Christ, in our thoughts, in our minds, accepting one another, being unified in that way, and then having concern for one another. Have concern for each other because that's what we are called and commanded to do. Uh, four, demonstrate love. Demonstrate love and that's be loving, Romans 12.10. Remember the debt of love that we owe, Romans 13.8. And waiting for others can be a, a demonstration that we love them. 
Five, be happy to see other believers. That's the holy kiss concept. And we saw it three times. And finally, number six, our thoughts matter to God. So our conscience needs calibrating, and that's discussed in Romans 2, 15. And then the spiritual battle going on between the Holy Spirit and our flesh in Galatians 5. So what we think matters to God. And what we think kind of drives what we say, it drives what we do. All right. Now I wanted to take a few moments just to just to challenge anyone that may not know Christ as their Savior. Uh, Paul kind of defines what the gospel is in, Roman, in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. It says, For I delivered to you as of first importance, this was his priority, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. And that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Now this is what we need to do to be saved. And if you haven't made that decision to uh, trust Jesus Christ for his work on the cross, to believe that he died for your sins, as Mike mentioned in the beginning, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day, see, God accepted his sacrifice for your sins. If you haven't made that decision, why not make it right now, today? Do it now. We don't know what tomorrow brings. If, and if you have any questions, please come see me, Mike, one of the deacons. We'd love to explain things. We want you to be sure and confident in your, in your decision. But uh, this is what is required to become a child of God. There's no other way under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's through Jesus Christ and Him alone. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So I pray that you will make that decision if you haven't already. And if you have already made that, well, take care and, and study these things that uh, we've gone over this morning of how you can better love one another. So next time I'm up here, I don't know when that, I think it's Wednesday. I think it's Wednesday. We're going to continue our study of, of the pronoun in Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Thessalonians. Okay, so that is it for now. That would be episode five. And uh, thank you for your attention, for, for your patience, and uh, let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity we've had to study your word, to see how we can, as a church body, be more caring, more loving towards one another, and so thereby uh, be better prepared, better equipped to do the work, the good works that you prepared in advance for us to walk in, that you may be glorified through our ministries, through our personal relationships, as we uh, continue to grow in the, in the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray that you will bless each one, that we will take these things to heart and apply them as we have opportunity, because you will be glorified and we will become better disciple makers in your uh, plan for, for humanity. So Father, we thank you and praise you. We look forward to the second hour of Jack, uh, Jack Hayes teaching us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you all.